You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. I'm really happy to be here. It's a pleasure for me. I would like uh, to make the most of this opportunity. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markson. I'm the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. Um, the room may sound a little bit different today. Uh, I am not at home at the moment, uh, but it is a wonderful afternoon, uh, sunny, bright. Um, as a school teacher, it's almost over. We are in finals week, so this is a glorious, glorious time uh, for me. Um, Saints, though, maybe not having the most glorious of times, not a whole lot of news coming out of the club. Uh, of course, um, we saw at the weekend uh, that the Danny Rose was unfit to play uh, against Nigeria. Um, but, you know, Ryan Bertrand is on vacation enjoying himself. So we'll just remember that. Uh, one of the few things that did come out of the club this week was the list of players who will or will be retained for uh, the following season or the list of players, I guess, who will not be retained for the following season. And that list includes a couple of first team players, including Jeremy P.A. and Florin Gardos, who are both off, um, but it also includes some others, including Ollie Cook, Armani Little, Afela Alamala, Will Wood, Ben Cole, Oliver Gardner, Javin Sue, and Richard Bakery. And they will all be gone. So best of luck to them, whatever the future holds. Uh, maybe we will see them, uh, you know, playing against our under 23s, or maybe even our first team in the future. But other than that, really, Yoshida, Cedric, Tadic, and Benarak being named to the final squads for the World Cup is really the big news. So congratulations to them. Uh, it should make for a, an interesting group. Yoshida uh, and Benarak kind of will face up against one another, and they will have former Saint Sadio Mane running at them uh, in that group as well. So we will have to see how that happens. But that is not the focus of this week's episode. Uh, if you'd like a little bit more on on the World Cup, uh, we did an episode last week uh, previewing the Poland squad for Tactics FC. Uh, you can find all that stuff on the website or in the in the archive. So you can go ahead and listen to that if you're interested. Uh, there is a full list of every team, uh, every World Cup squad being previewed uh, by Tactics FC. A bunch of different podcasters got together and did that. But um, that was that was last week. And this week, uh, we are of course focused on the Southampton Women's Football Club, whose came to whose season came to an end, and for the first time in three years, did not earn promotion. But uh, still, a wonderful season, a fantastic season, a very impressive season. Um, and I had the opportunity to talk with Tash Angel, who's on Twitter at Tash underscore Angel uh, six uh, about her season, about getting fit after last season when she had a back injury um, coming into the season, what it meant for the club, what, what kind of expectations they set, uh, how they dealt with some of the adversity uh, surrounding the Hampshire FA Cup final and all that stuff. And and I should say that we were actually planning to talk in the buildup to that and the week before that to kind of preview it. But um, 
of course, you you may or may not know. I shouldn't say, of course, you may or may not be aware that uh, the team was disqualified for fielding an, an ineligible player. Uh, lots and lots of controversy around it. Uh, lots of uh, it, it hurt to to see that happen to the team, to the girls, uh, to watch them and kind of see them and and ha- to kind of have a little bit of a relationship with with a few that I've I've spoken with to to kind of see how they took that. Um, and, and I talked to Tasha about all of that. Uh, and we'll, so we'll get into it and I'll save it. I'll save it for there. But, um, before we get into the interview, I just wanted to take a second to thank everybody at the Southampton women's football club, um, from Amanda, the club secretary to Lee and to Simon, uh, the coaches and the manager, uh, to just all of the, of the, of the players that I've talked to over the season. Um, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful experience for me. Uh, it's truly a pleasure to be a part of such a wonderful club and I hope to be able to do it, um, in the future, but, um, enough of, of the kind of sad sappy stuff. Let's get into the interview with Tash. Um, we talked last week, last Sunday. So here is my interview with Tash angel. Once again, she's on Twitter at Tash underscore angel six and the Southampton women's football club is on Twitter at S O T O N women's F C. All right, here we go. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, uh, Tash Angel. You can find her on Twitter at Tash underscore Angel 6, and she plays for uh, the Southampton Women's Football Club. They just finished up their season, and we're going to talk about that and talk about her and talk about uh, kind of whatever else comes up, and we have some listener questions as well. So, uh, Tash, thank you so much for taking the time out of your your bank holiday weekend to to join me and to talk, and uh, welcome. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Oh, my, my pleasure. I always like to start by just getting to to know a little bit more about you. Uh, some of the listeners that follow the team may know you a little bit. Some people uh, who listen mostly for the the men's team stuff may not. But um, you know, did you grow up in Southampton or around Southampton, or are you a transplant from somewhere? How did how to where where are you from? No, I am born and bred Southampton. Um, yeah, always lived here. Um, spent a couple of years out of the country, but other than that, uh, did you did you support Southampton then when you were growing up, or or were you much? Was your family much of a football family? Um, not really a football family, so I wasn't one of those kids who just supported who their family supported. Um, I've never actually supported Southampton um, when I was really young and getting into football. I think when I was about eight, um, a friend of the family was a massive uh, Newcastle fan. And offered to take me to St. James's Park for a game. So I went and absolutely fell in love with all the people, the stadium. It was my first live football match. Um, so I decided to start supporting them. So I'm probably a bit of an outlier in that I was born in Bread, Southampton, but I actually support a team very north in the country. And I think because uh, my mum was in love with Alan Shearer at the time, um, that also might have swayed her to support, <laughs> for her to support me supporting Newcastle. That seems fair. That seems fair. Um, and, uh, you know, here in the United States, it, that would not make you weird at all, like, at least for me, because I don't live in a, a around a, t- a city that has a team. Like I have to go four hours one way or another to get to a professional team of any sort. So wow. I support a team that that's halfway across the country in, in Houston and in Texas. Uh, that's where my, you know, kind of allegiance for baseball and, and MLS and, and basketball is. Um, and then, of course, I, I support Southampton, which is you know, uh, a very long ways away. And so it, yeah. but I, I think in, in the UK, at least that seems to be, you know, one of those things that people might raise an eyebrow if you, if you tell them you support Newcastle, but that's okay. So supporting a team that far away, were you able to get to very many matches growing up or was it kind of a once a year thing or once every other year? Or how, how did that work? No, so I've never been back to St. James's Park again. Um, cause it's really far away for starters. And 
they're very dedicated fans, so to get a hold of tickets is pretty hard. Um, I actually went to watch them play when they came to St. Mary's, though. Um, we lost. We were awful. I think Saints won about 3-0. Um, that wasn't great, but at least I got to see them play. Um, so, no, I don't get to see them very often. I do watch them on TV when they're on, but usually through... Um, Behind, behind, behind a cushion or something. So it can be, as with any fan, I think it can be quite painful to watch sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're bored. I mean, we could talk about boards and all that other stuff for for a long time because you yeah, know, <laughs> you have you have maybe one of the you know a coach that a lot of teams would really love to have and doesn't feel like you're supporting him. Whereas, you know, saints have had a couple of coaches where we're like, come on, what are you doing with this guy? Um, but you know, that's okay. And uh, we should thank you for, for beating us three, nothing uh, up, up at St. James's yeah. park and getting rid of the manager. But, uh, that's maybe that's harsh yeah. on my, on me. So, um, but yeah, so yeah, so I, I know I can really, I can relate to, to, to watching, you know, from, from a distance and, and, you know, I guess for you guys, it's not, they're not on TV all the time. Cause a lot of times the, the big teams, you know, take, take the, uh, yeah. the TV time, but, uh, winning the championship, not, not obviously this year in the premier league, but, but last year and, and, uh, you know, I think you guys are going to be okay. Uh, so that, that, that's fine. We'll see how, see how the summer goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but supporting Newcastle, uh, living in Southampton, when did you start playing yourself? Uh, when did it go from just wanting to, to watch and support the team to actually wanting to, to get out there and play? I think I've been playing pretty much from as long as I can remember. So when I was in little school, I always used to play um, football with the boys on the playground. That was probably when I was about six or seven. And then we had a girls' football team, so I played, school football team, so I played in that. Um, so from a really, really young age, and I've never stopped playing, um, apart from like through injuries, having a small break through injuries, yeah. Other than that, probably since I was about six or seven, so quite a long time. Um, and then, you know, even as you progress through school and, and that seems to be a kind of a familiar story that, that, uh, a lot of you, especially at the Southampton women's football club started playing with boys. And then eventually there's a, a shift at, uh, I can't remember, uh, one of the girls said it was like 13 or so you have to switch over to girls. Is that, is that about the age? Yeah, I think they've extended it now. I think it might be like 15 now, but at the time, yeah, it was, it was a lot younger. So I started playing um in a girls team quite a lot earlier on though just because of what was local and what my mum would take me to basically um (laughs) (laughs) okay and then did you always play defense or or i i think now you you made a switch to to right back which i have questions uh about but uh, you played center back for for some time did you always play in that position or would you did you play further forward uh early on yeah so i think it's quite a, a usual transition actually so i did actually play striker yeah when i was younger um, and then got put in defence. I think it's because I was tall. Um, and then when I was at uni, uh, we didn't play in a fantastic league, and I didn't really have to do a lot in defence. So I tried to play up front, and I got to play up front for a season at uni as well. So that was actually quite fun. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, here in the states, we have like you know teams that are actually through the universities, and they'll go play each other and that stuff. Is that the same? Is that similar to? Did you get to do that, or when you're at uni, you just you're playing on kind of like another team similar to Southampton Women's Football Club, and then you, you know, you go player. Yeah, you play in the uni league. Um, so again, they're graded, and you get promotion and relegated. Um, so you play different unis in and around like your region. So yeah, that that was pretty fun. Yeah, I have to ask. Then, do you like which which end of the pitch do you prefer? Do you prefer to play defense or do you prefer to play striker? Oh, I think I've definitely preferred 
converted to a defender now. I go up for corners and that's about the extent I go to getting up the end of the pitch, I think. <laughs> Uh, the more, the more I watch, you know, you know, you get out there and like play on a full size pitch and then you start running around. You're like, man, this is not because I prefer to play defense too. And I, it's just like, you start playing, like I had to play midfield the other day and it's just like, this is not for me. This is, this is, this yeah. is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm definitely a defender. Yeah. Um, what is it about defense that you, that you enjoy? Like, is there a specific aspect of it that you, that you like, kind of identify with or like more than, than any, anything else? Um, I don't think there's anything better than a last-ditch challenge. I do love that. And also, I just like the challenge of it's basically MV1. It's me versus their striker, and who's going to come out better. Um, I like that challenge, that element of it. Yeah, I think I think that's a... I, I enjoy that, too, unless I get beat, and then I don't like it. But, uh, you know, you try not to let that happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, talk about last-ditch challenges. Do you ever... I mean, when you get one wrong... Do you know it immediately? Like, has there ever been a situation where you you've slid in and you know you you were late and the ref doesn't call it? Mm, I don't think I don't think of. I'm trying to not off the top of my head. And there probably has been, and maybe I've just banished it from my memory because it was that bad. Um, but not that I can specifically remember now. No. Do you, I mean when when you sometimes when you make those challenges, the the striker is always gonna if you get the ball, they're always gonna come up and say like, oh, you know, they got me, and they're gonna look at the ref and. What do you do when that yeah. happens? You tell them to get up, oh, you tell I them do. to shut up, or you just you just move on? I and... just stay quiet. I stay <laughs> quiet. Stay if I've won it, stay smug and just walk away and carry on. <laughs> See, you're you're that's I wish more people were like you. Because the problem is yeah. we have people on our team who have to give it back to them. It's like, no, no, just just let them just let them be. Just let them be. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, let's let's go back a little bit. So uh, when you're not playing and, and, and what do you kind of do what, what do you do for for a living or for a profession or what do you what do you do outside of, of of soccer or football um so for a living i work for a government organization called uk sport so we're the funding body of all olympic and paralympic sports within that organization i work for the coaching team so our job is to um, help develop and support the coaches who coach uh, olympic and paralympic athletes Oh, that's awesome. So that's why, yeah, it's pretty. I haven't been there long. Been there, I think, uh, eleven months now. Um, so that's really, really interesting. And then uh, when I'm not doing that, um, I go to the gym quite a lot. Really enjoy the gym. Um, and other than that, just like being outside or um, just sitting in front of the TV. Really, sometimes I think everyone will need a bit of downtime every now and then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and do you go to, is there a specific teammate you usually take to the gym with you? Uh, yeah. So I go to the gym with Kirsty Whitten usually. She, she's the one who, who puts you forward for this. So if you, if you, after you get out the phone, you decide you have a, you had a horrible time. You can, you can yell at her, um, or put her through some garbage at the gym. That's, that's all on her. Yeah. But that can be a punishment at the gym. <laughs> um, so and I know the season's over now, but uh, kind of going into a match day, uh, and, you know, coming up on a Sunday, like what, what does your day look like leading up to, to, to kick off? Uh, do you have like a routine that you follow or do you kind of just go, go with the day, however it goes, or, or what, what does that look like for you? I'm a pretty much a routine girl. Um, so I get up, um, pack my football bag, uh, have breakfast. Number one is usually some sort of oats, um, if we're if we're playing at home, I don't do a lot of my morning. I just like 
chill out before football. Um, if we're away, then again, then yeah, go and meet at wherever we're meeting at, hop on the minibus of everyone, just kind of chill out on the bus. And then have breakfast number two, a uh, couple of hours at a certain specific time, as Simon, our manager, tells us, that's when it's peak to eat um, before a game. Uh, and closely followed by a coffee or two. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it. Quite chilled. Yeah, okay. All right. You, you have music or anything that you, you prefer to listen to in, in the car or on the bus? Or, or do other people take the that responsibility away from you or that privilege away from you? <laughs> Um, I'm not too fussed with some of it, as long as it's like with a bit of energy and a bit of upbeat. Um, I don't tend to use music to get me in the mood, but we do have music on in the change room. And again, Kirsty Britton is in charge of that, but Millie Peach gets in on the action as well. And even though she's quite young, she plays some proper old school songs. And I'm like, how do we even know this? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize how young she was until I talked to her yeah. and I just went like, <laughs> Oh, you're not like, cause I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm in my thirties. I'm in my early thirties, but it's just like sometimes, and I, t- I teach high school kids. So sometimes it's like, you know, when I was talking to her, I catch, I caught myself maybe switching back to talking to her. Like she was, she would, cause she's close to the age of some of my students. And I'm just like, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Like, don't do that. Right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, um, all right. And then after a match, you know, cause I, I, I play once a week and when I play once a week, I come home and I just have to pretend like I'm still like functioning. Cause usually I'm just exhausted. Um, do you feel like that after a game or, or, or after a match or are you kind of conditioned now to the point where it's just, you know, I'm okay. Um, I think it depends on the game. Um, after most games, I'll feel all right. Like you feel like you've definitely played. Um, some games I do literally feel like I'm barely crawling. Um, if it's been really, really tough or if we play on, if we play on 3G, it's quite hard on your body and your joints anyway. Uh-huh. Um, Sometimes it's the next day I wake up and feel I'm about 90, um, which is definitely becoming more frequent the older I get. Um, so I've learned the importance of stretching, um, which is helping me manage my body. Um, but yeah, it depends on the game. Some days I'm all right. Some days I feel very, very old. Yeah. I'm wondering how I'm going to feel tomorrow after this, uh, this race. Um, <laughs> so, so how long then have you been playing for the Southampton Women's Football Club? Um, I think... I think this is my, I just finished my third season. I did play for them for a stint before, um, for a season, um, which was maybe back in 2011. Um, and then, yeah, then come back um, and play for me. Yes, I just finished my third season. So four seasons, four seasons all up. Okay. And, and you mentioned you lived out of the country for a while. Did you play when you were out of the country? And if so, where, where, where was that? Yeah, so I lived in Australia for a little while, so I played for a local team there, which was really, really fun, really good bunch of girls, just very hard playing in the Australian heat, um, that was a bit of a different challenge, and then um, I lived in New Zealand for a bit, so again, played for a local team there, which is really, really decent standard, had loads of young um, New Zealand internationals in our team as well, which was oh, wow. really, really good experience. Yeah, and then um, then when I came back to England, that's when I went straight back to Southampton Women. Okay. Do, do you enjoy living? I mean, you pick two places that the weather is much, much different than where you live currently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that was that part um, of the draw to get you out there? Is it was the weather? Um, I don't know if it was the weather specifically. The weather probably kept me there a lot longer, okay. <laughs> especially in in Australia. Um, I do like the warmth. Um, 
that was that was a big pull. But yeah, playing football in it was pretty tough on some days. We were uh, we were looking at the weather report before our race this morning, and you know, I'm talking to my brother about you know what we're gonna not, not what we're gonna wear. I'm not trying to coordinate. We're just like, are we gonna wear actual long sleeves or pants or whatever? And uh, yeah. it was 19 degrees, and and my brother was contemplating wearing pants. So that just shows you kind of where we live and what it's like, you know. <laughs> Like somebody asked yeah. me, was it hot? And we're like, no, it was just, just kind of normal. You know, we, we kind of wish it would have been a little bit, I, I would have taken, I'd have taken warmer. I don't mind, I don't mind running in the heat, but a, after a while, like it, yeah. it wears on you. Yeah. 19 would have definitely been short weather for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, <laughs> when we were over there, we were over there around, uh, spring break, uh, I don't know, Easter time. And it was, it was not warm, but it wasn't cold. It wasn't terrible because you dressed for it, but it was, uh, I was definitely, happy to get home and, and, you know, wear shorts and a t-shirt every single day and never worry about yeah. it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so you've been here for, for three consecutive seasons. So you've been through two promotions and then, and then this season. Um, is that, is that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, when you were coming into this season, uh, as a team and I've asked other girls this, like, was the, the, uh, I mean, was was the plan? Was the goal? I guess as a team to to get promoted, or was it just to, you know, just play as well as you can? And if promotion happens, great. Uh, or or kind of what was the what was the mindset coming into this season, uh, having just been promoted twice in two seasons? I think the mindset is always to win or do, or do as best as we can. But I think it was pretty much quite the unknown. We hadn't played. Uh, we played very few teams in the league that we stepped into this season, so we didn't really know what to expect. I think it was all about taking it one game at a time. I think if we're honest with ourselves at the start of the season, we never would have said promotion was something we were aiming for. Um, so I think it would have been, we saw it more as a, like, let's sense this league out, let's do the best we can, finish mid-table or a bit higher and, and push on from there. As the season went on, was there a point in the season when you thought, hey, maybe maybe promotion is a, is a real possibility? Or was everybody kind of just working and, and nobody kind of really noticed that, that you were creeping up the table? I think we did creep up a, a table a little bit without many of the opposition really noticing it. I'd say probably around the Christmas point when we were still undefeated. Um, and I think when we'd beaten Canesham in the league and Saints in the league, then it was a bit of like, oh, okay, we can we can really push this now. Plymouth were obviously always going to be the really tough ones because they were the team beating everybody by, by quite a fair goal. But I think at that point, we had a bit of a reality check that we could really push on for this. Um and we've done a bit of a, a team exercise of what do we actually want from this from this season and this league. Do we want to get promoted? Do we want to win? And we were all like, yeah, we can. This is definitely our our new goal. If we were to say that, we can push for promotion. And and I guess the real tough thing that people may or may not know about the league you play in is only one team gets promoted, so you have to you have to win, right? Yeah, correct. So it's pretty much even the smallest slip up of point, and. That could be your season, your title, your promotion shot over. I mean that that adds a lot of pressure to it. Then once you kind of set that as your as your goal, right? It does, yeah. But I think once we'd all agreed that promotion is what we wanted, we just know we had to go out there and perform and put the effort and put the performance in every Sunday. But yeah, I guess it does add a little a little element of pressure. But I think we always believed that we could do it. Um, coming into this season, did you set any? kind of new personal goals for yourself or, or how do you, how do you approach a season as a, as a defender? What are your, kind of, what do you set out to do uh, or how do you set out to make sure that you're kind of pushing yourself to, to do 
uh, a little bit better? What do you? What was your aim to work on? I guess. Uh, well, I had a bit of a different off season in that I had a, quite a severe back injury um, March last year, okay. which put me, I slipped a disc in my back, which put me out uh, um, August. So I missed the whole. I missed the end of the season before. Missed the whole of preseason, and then I didn't start walking, running properly till till August. Um, so obviously the season starts about then. My main aim was just to a get back on a pitch. If I'm honest, it was pretty simple just to get back out there playing, um, and then get back in the squad. So it was a bit of a different personal goals for me this year. Is it is it hard kind of watching everybody go through, um, go through preseason, kind of go through? You can kind of see the the squad and the team forming and who's playing where, and then you're you're kind of helpless to that. Does that is that is that a hard thing to do as a as a, somebody who you know enjoys enjoys playing and has played over, over the past couple of seasons? Um, I don't think it's hard to see the squad forming because at the end of the day, I always want them to, the club and the team to do well. I think it's tough not to be a part of it and it's tough just to be a spect- an injured spectator <laughs> um, regardless of the situation. Um, so yeah, it was, it was tough in some aspects. I know that sometimes I get more nervous watching matches when I watch my kids or when I watch, you know, my friends play, I get, I get more nervous if the game gets tight if I'm, than if I'm out yeah. there and playing, you know? So I, I get that part. Um, and I don't know if I can ask, but what, what are your, what are your plans in terms of, of your career? Do you, you, you foresee yourself playing uh, further for the South Hampton Wins football club or do you, uh, is there at, at the end of the season, do you kind of reassess where you're, where you're likely to go or if you're, if you're looking to go somewhere else or how does that, how does that work for, for you and maybe the others at, at, at this level? I think it's different depending on who you would speak to in the team at the moment. Um, I'm very much happy with Southampton women's at the moment and will stay against the season coming. Um, but different people of different ages, some people want to go out there and see, where as far as they can get, other people again are really happy with the team and where we're going as a club. Um, so I think regardless of, I think it will depend who you speak to in the team, but I think people want to push themselves and I, I encourage them to do that, see how far they can play. Obviously, we don't want anyone to leave. Um, but yeah, my plan is to is to go again for another season. All right. Um, and then if I could ask you kind of, you know, if you could give advice to anybody that's that's younger and, and playing, you know, what advice would you give them? Would it be like you said to, you know, continue to, to push yourself and see where you can go or, or how would you, how would you, um, I, I guess, advise them? I think if you want to see how high, how far and how high you can go, then definitely go for it. I think the main thing is you've still got to enjoy it. I think some people push themselves so far and then realize they don't enjoy the people they're surrounded by or the team they're playing for. I think the main thing would just to make sure you're, you still enjoy every moment of it, be it training, be it playing, the away days, the time. You do end up spending quite a lot of time with your teammates when we train twice a week and then play as well. Um, it's quite a significant time you spend with them. So yeah, just make sure you're still still enjoying it and just to work hard. Um, and then, you know, after the past couple of seasons of earning promotion, uh, you know, double promotion, um, the past few seasons, not getting promoted this year. I mean, what, I mean, obviously it's probably, it's, it's disappointing because you always want to kind of come out on top, but what is that? I mean, what does that feel like as a, as a club? Like what was the mood around the club when you finished the season, knowing that you were, you were kind of, kind of going to have to reset and do it again next year? 
Um, I think the mood is just really determined to go and win it next year. Um, obviously, I spoke about the time where we were like, we want to get promoted, we want to do this. Um, and then when we didn't, I think everyone felt uh, obviously really disappointed. But I think if we take a step back and reflect on it, to come second is actually a really, really incredible achievement, given that we have had two promotions in a row. Um, and then to finish second, I think that's, it's something to still be proud of. Um, and yeah, it's just the mindset is just let, let's do it again. Let's win it next year for sure. There were some other things that happened this season that maybe weren't as pleasant. Um, and the, the club was, I guess, disqualified. I don't know if that's the, pro- the, the proper term from the, the uh, Hampshire yeah. FA, FA Cup after reaching uh, the final. Um, and this gets, this gets weird for me because the club that filed the thing is also related to the, Southampton football club, which is, you know, obviously the club that I, that I support, but, um, you know, as a club, and I remember talking, uh, to a couple people, um, kind of off the record about things, but, you know, to you, did that just make you more determined when, when that came out or how did that, how did the, the team kind of take that news as it was all happening? Um, there was probably a bit of anger, um, if I'm honest. And uh, disappointment. Um, and then once we, I mean, our, our secretary was incredible. She put so many hours into it, as did many other people in the in the club fight in our corner. And I think once we got over that initially, it was you do feel a bit hard done by, and you do feel a bit a bit like everything's against you. So I think we just, as players and probably as management and staff and as a club, just want to go out there and prove ourselves of how good we are. Like let's let our football do the talking. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I would say there was a lot of emotions. Um, and I don't know, I, I saw tweets from, and, and I saw, I saw the letter that you guys put out about it, the, the statement, I know you guys appealed. Um, I know that a lot of people were circulating the, um, uh, the section of the rule that was, that was claimed you, you violated and that people were really unhappy with that because the rule was not the same and, and in this area or this, um, whatever, however it kind of breaks down versus uh, other, other places and had the rule been a little clearer, you, you know, it would have been easier to, to deal with, but, um, you know, and, and I saw some of the things that, uh, that Simon and Lee had said on, on Twitter and stuff, but, um, I mean, did you just use that as motivation to go out there for the rest of the season? And, and do you think it had an impact on, on, on the rest of your season? Or do you think, uh, and if, if so, do you think it was a positive impact just, like you said, get it just refocusing and, and going out there and trying to prove yourself, or do you think in the end maybe it, it maybe did mess with you a little bit? Um, I think it was a bit of a distraction for a time because it did go on for quite a while, and then there was always in the back of our minds if we do win our appeal, we could be playing a cup final in a week, and we have not prepared for it anyway. anyway. So it was definitely a distraction, but I think on the pitch, um, it just made us more determined to to keep doing what we could control and that is going to be playing good football, getting three points on the board and moving on to the next one. So I'd say it was, say it was, I wouldn't say it had a massive negative impact. It was a bit of a distraction, but if anything, it was a, okay, well, stuff you, we'll go and do what we can control. Um, yeah, it did give us as players a little bit of a boost for a while because it's like, let's go out and prove everyone wrong. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't an ideal situation to have at quite a crucial time in the season. Right. Right. Um, okay. But that's enough. That's enough depressing stuff. Um, so 
I did, um, we asked for some questions and I, and I got some questions from Lee, uh, from, from one of your coaches from the calendar. Uh, and I also, God. I also, I didn't, I didn't go to Kirsty and ask her personally for questions. So you can thank me for that because, oh. <laughs> uh, especially after you asked uh, her some questions last time that she was, uh, yeah. she, she really enjoyed. Um, <laughs> um, so, so from Lee, and then we have a, a couple from, from a listener as well, uh, says, how did you feel transitioning from, from right back, uh, or two right back this year, uh, rather than playing center back, was that a big change for you, uh, or how did you kind of deal with that? Um, I've played right back before, albeit when I was a lot younger. Um, I yeah, I quite enjoyed it. You got it's a bit weird, so you get a bit more freedom in the sense that Simon and Lee like like us like the fullbacks to overlap. Okay, and get forward quite a lot. So I like that element of it, just because I like to work hard and exercise quite a lot anyway so I was like oh I'm running way more this is fun um, but then it's weird because then when you you turn around and you're like I'm like oh god I'm not the last line anymore and I feel like I should be there in the centre in the action so it was it was quite tough um, just mentally but then I was like oh Barnett and Kel have got it anyway so it's all good um, <laughs> so yeah it's, <laughs> so yeah it's, it's been quite enjoyable in the fact that you get you get a little bit more freedom to roam up and down the wing how how important is that relationship with you know the person playing in front of you the winger playing in front of you and and does that does that person that was playing in front of you uh, on the right wing did that person stay pretty consistent in the team or was it was it a lot of changes up there or how did that how did that work there was a few changes um so it was quite tough um cuz i played uh, a couple of times with Jane in front of me and i kind of always knew how she played and then they got changed up a little bit between a couple of other different people which is good in a way because we've got such a versatile team that all across our, our attacking options, everyone can kind of play different positions. Um, but once you, because we, we train so much on Wednesday nights, we usually um, do quite a lot of gameplay anyway. You do get time to work with them. So just getting to know quite quickly um, <laughs> how they're going to play. Yeah. All right. Um, did you come up with any, any goals or any assists this year? Uh Playing right back, or um, I can't remember. I've got four goals this season. I can't remember in what positions. I'm not too sure about assists. Okay, it's all right. Four goals. That's not bad though for somebody who's playing defense. It's good. Um, okay. It's my best in a while, so I'll take that. If I score, it's because somebody has blasted it off of my head from a corner, not because I've oh. done anything else. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, Lee also asked what your, what was your best moment of the season? What's the thing that's most memorable for you maybe? Um, oh, wow. Um, tough question, Lee. Best moment of the season. Um, for me, because personally, because of the tough start I had and no preseason for injury, it'd probably be making uh, my first appearance back for the first team, which I actually scored. Um, so that for me was the personal highlight. Um, as a team, oh, there's been, there's been quite a few. Um, as a team, I don't know, the draw against Plymouth felt good just because it felt like a bit of revenge because we'd had such a terrible time, um, the week before. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, so we have some questions from Andy Rollins, who's at coach Zen on Twitter. Uh, any such so as question, uh, what do you feel next season will bring? 
I think next season um, will bring a promotion for us as a first team. I think it, the reserves will also have a really, really good solid season. And I think we'll go on some really good cup runs as well. And then what about uh, the U16s? He asks if you're looking forward maybe to the U16s making the step up and joining the senior squad. Definitely. They are so good. They have been winning everything. Um, and uh, they, a few of them have been transitioning into the reserve squad and joining some senior training, and they are a fantastic addition. So I'm really excited to see how they get on. Good. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and he says, if you could bring one WSL player, I guess that's Women's Super League. Uh, yeah, correct. I kept reading it um, when I was reading the question, like to myself. I kept reading it as the the women's league here in the in the states, and I kept having to remind myself, like, don't. That's not what he's asking about. So, uh, if you could bring one player from the WSL to Southampton Women's, uh, who would it be, and and why would you pick them? Fran Kirby. Uh, who would not want Fran Kirby in their team? I think she just had an outstanding. Uh, season especially and i'd rather have her in my team than play against her so that's all right that sounds good to me thank you for for taking the time to kind of to talk and uh of course the team is off now for a couple of months preseason will start for you i i guess the end of july or the beginning of august and the season starts shortly after that yeah so we've got um trials next week then we got a couple of weeks off, and then uh, preseason training starts early July. For the season to start middle of August, I believe. So, in no time at all, we'll be back on the pitch. Yeah, and um, always like to to remind everybody that the team does work off of, of sponsorships for players and for coaches. So, anybody looking to get in touch with the team or is interested in sponsoring you or one of the other players or one of the coaches. Uh, should get in touch with the, the club secretary and the all that information is in the show notes so people can just click and you'll email her right away. And, and um, as long as Amanda is still the person doing that, then I know she will respond right away and be very, very helpful and um, <laughs> get all that done. Cause that's a, it's gotta be a ton of work for her to to do that, but she's been great every time I've had to deal with her. Yeah. Amanda is fantastic. She is the absolute heartbeat of this club. Um, uh, so yeah, she will respond very quickly, no doubt as well. Um, that's only sponsorship would be much appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so as you kind of go forward, um, I wish you just the best of luck and I hope that the back is, is fine and I hope trials go well. And I hope that, uh, you know, maybe th- those U16s come up and push you guys to do uh, a little bit more. And then as you go through next season, uh, obviously I hope that you guys do very, very well and, do my best to keep up with uh, the results and the the scores. And um, I always enjoy my favorite is actually, I, I enjoy when the person tweeting from the account loses connection for about 15 or 20 minutes. I don't know if you know this happens um, because we won't get an update. And then all of a sudden it'll just go like, here's 15 updates about the last 30 minutes because they just got connection again. And it's like, well, wait, 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 wait yeah. how am I, uh, what, what happened? You know, I just, I just tweeted that you guys scored and now you scored four more. Like what's going on? Um, so, uh, I, I do enjoy that, but it's, uh, it makes me laugh, but th- cause that's, uh, you know, usually Sundays, I think two, 2 PM is your normal kickoff. Right. So, um, Correct, yeah. that's, uh, that's usually, you know, the time we go and follow the team. So uh, thanks for talking to me. I hope you had an okay time. And, uh, if I could ask you, I'll ask you after we hang up that kind of, you know, who, who might I talk to next or who would you recommend if there's anybody and then, and then that, but 
but I just want to say thank you for, for taking the time to do this and I appreciate it. Yeah, cool. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. And thank you for all your support as well. It's very much appreciated. Oh, no, not at all. Uh, my pleasure. <laughs> um, okay, well, we'll talk to you soon. Cool. Thank you so much. And that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Tash Angel, who took the time to talk with me. Thank you so much. Uh, special thanks also goes out to the Southampton Women's Football Club for making uh, all of these interviews throughout the season available, uh, for giving me their time, for answering my questions, for putting up with me, uh, texting their players and sending their players um, messages, and uh, to Simon and Lee uh, for uh, you know just being willing to talk and, and do all of that stuff. So thank you to everybody who was involved. Uh, I truly do appreciate it. Uh, all the normal thanks go out as well uh, to my partner, uh, the Southampton page. Uh, you can find all of your Southampton news and needs uh, right there on the Southampton page. So be sure to follow uh, along on Twitter and Instagram. The link is in the show notes. Our artwork is done by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Uh, for match day edits, polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. You can follow this show on Twitter and Instagram at SFCDELL underscore IVERY. And we're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFCDelivery. There is no underscore in the Facebook address. Also, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to this feed wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss future episodes. If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving a review. It helps spread the word. We really do appreciate it. The Southampton Women's Football Club relies on donations and sponsorships from people like you and me. So if you have the ability, please consider sponsoring a player or a coach for the upcoming season. Uh, they really do appreciate it. And I uh, had the pleasure of being able to do that and I'm fortunate enough to be able to do that. Um, and it is something that I would never, ever take back. So uh, we'll be looking forward to doing that again in the future. So you can find them on Twitter uh, at SOTON Women's FC, like we said before. Uh, but if you're interested in making a sponsorship, uh, please consider contacting Club Secretary Amanda Burrows. Uh, the email address is in the show notes, but it is secretary at Southampton WFC. The music for this week's episode comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Box Hat Games, and the end of show credits that you're listening to now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. As the World Cup approaches, we will of course be back with another episode next week talking about whatever happens in the world of saints. But until then, remember that together, we march on.